Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. This is Daniel Ricardo, and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. <laughs> well, Rob. Uh, I reckon I know what this is for. Dwayne, DJ Bravo. Yeah. And then oh. all those champions. You can add the big beef man to that champions list because on Friday, good Friday, yeah. and it was a good Friday, Rob, mm. Beefy took out the Victorian Foot Golf Championship again. I did see. I saw the Facebook post. Yes. So, just It's almost like it's, it's more of a brag than, like for you than anything like... I, I, I didn't tell anyone about my 75. Like, that's more impressive than your foot golf win. Way more. Oh, oh. Can, t- try and tell me Champion, it's going to... Champion. Yeah. Champion. Every training and every man. Champion. Champion. Yeah. So, see, you think Wales is celebrating for you, are they, back home? Definitely are. Yeah. Definitely In, in the snow. In the snow, yeah. Snowed in Wales. Yeah. Snowing in April. Over the weekend. Um, when when on the weekend, not one day below 30 degrees. Beautiful. It was punishing. It was warm Friday. I got very dehydrated on the last round. Oh, did you? But eight. you pushed through, did you? <laughs> no, I nearly passed out. It we drove that up that day. I had 85 that day on the course. Um, so Newport County beat out uh, the whole host of... Uh, so what, how many above par were you? Uh, we, we, did, we match play, Rob. Okay. It's ma- it's a match play tournament. So, so just so concede the hole, win the hole. Yeah, lowest yeah. lowest score wins the hole. So figure, I figure of, I did get figure that much. Well done. Uh, yeah. Out of our six rounds, we were out of our six matches. Sorry, yeah. we, won, we won five. We were five and one. We tied with Spurs. Yep. But we beat them on goal difference. Did, but did, didn't they finish early and left? Not play the last round. That was Spurs home. Okay. The Spurs away team. Right. Uh, they, they hung in there. They hung in there because well, they were top of the league going into yep. the last round. How how was the uh, after party? Oh, it was fantastic. A yeah. lot of people passed so, out. So you've just been celebrating ever since. Non-stop. Yeah. I I've risen <laughs> a la Jesus. It's been a momentous weekend. Yeah. You're feeling lighter. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, just the, the just the inner glory, you know, played cricket for Wales. Played Aussie rules for Wales, played American football for Great Britain, yep. rugby for Texas Collegians, yep. and now Victorian foot golf champion again. What, what, what was your play of the day, your kick of the day? Even though, I'll be honest, I'm not going to be that impressed, I don't reckon, no matter what. You'd have to get a hole-in-one from about 60 metres for me to be impressed with um, um with your best kick well, of the day. I'm just a solid player, Rob. Right. Consistent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just consistency A tradesman. I'm a tradesman. Yeah. You're yeah. A bit of Ross Lyon. You like Ross Lyon. Probably. Yeah. Nathan Lyon. Nathan Lyon. Sorry. As well, yeah. I always say oh, Ross. Ross Lyon, Nathan Lyon. Gary Ross, Ross Lyon's a footy coach, ex-footy yeah. coach. Nathan Lyon. I mean, Nathan Lyon, the cricketer. Yeah. I'm more of probably a Robert Croft or a, um, what's your old off-spinner who just um, used to chug away? John Bracewell. John Bracewell. I'm more of Daniel Vittori. Daniel Vittori, yeah. Probably, he, he had probably, a pretty good career. He's pretty good. He's yeah. pretty good, yeah. I'm more of Pat Simcox. <laughs> we got, yeah, there we go. Now we're on the money. 
Yeah, yeah. Or Gavin Larson. Gavin Larson. Chris Harris, actually. I'm more a Chris Harris. He, just... he, he had some flamboyant. You need someone who did nothing flamboyant ever. Right. Just very, <laughs> very. I mean, even Gavin Larson's best ever spell, two for 18 off 10 overs or whatever. It was a great numbers, but it never looked spectacular. I was I was thinking Dipak Patel. Dipak. For you. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, well, that's yeah. although he regularly failed too. Oh, Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, he was just the World man. Cup specialist, the 92 World the 92, Cup. 92, that's it. Yeah. Changed the face of Kriggy Rob. Yeah. D-pack, open the bowling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never forget, though, being very not good. You know, he batted at number 11 in the 96 World Cup when we were playing against um, against Australia and we lost in the quarterfinal because uh, okay. they got Chris Cairns out the crucial. That wasn't Chris Harris had his amazing 137 with Lee Jamon. Amazingly enough, Dipak Patel played in the same league as me in, the, in that Jeez, early 90s. You're old. You're so, early you're 90s. You're very old. Yeah. Oh, I am. You're right. I used to, he was actually my favourite player in the late 80s. Dipak. Love Dipak. Yeah. Because um, he, he did awesome catches. He took a lot of awesome catches, <laughs> and he hit a few sixes too. Right. Because he, he originally got into the New Zealand team more as a batsman. Oh, okay. That could occasionally bowl, and then all of a sudden, he would still bat four, five, six for Auckland, but then in the he would come in sort of seven or less. I, I'm pretty sure in our league, his nickname was Cowpat. Cowpat okay. Patel. Right. What was that based on? Oh, it just it'd be It kind average. of vaguely rhymed? Oh, okay, okay yeah. Kind of lobbed up on a left. Chucker Patel? <laughs> yeah. Came down with a splat. I don't know. Just making stuff up. He was, I will say that, well, he was a bit of a running gag. If someone was a bit of a rubbish spinner, you go, hey, Deepak, how yeah, you go? Yeah, exactly. The other one that you get paid out is our high school teacher at King's College, John Southern, who had like eight kids and he would drive around with this quite a big wife and, and they would drive around in their, in their van. Oh, didn't lose a baby. Going around in the, in the van with their eight kids. And apparently he was a quite odorous. Oh, Heidi Odorous, right. and uh, he was nicknamed Stinky Southox instead of John Southern. Right. I think I've mentioned this before. He features in John Wright's biography mm. as the worst county bowler he ever faced. Okay. Because he took him for 32 off and over, I think. Yeah. Five or 34, five sixes and a four. Yeah. So there you go, that's him. Yes. But anyway, I had a great old weekend up in Wangaratta. Hard work, though. I played five rounds of golf in a row. <laughs> Really? <laughs> Five in a row. What, Every day. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. But your missus is happy with that. Well, this is the thing. Off the hook. Because she's she's still dealing with the back injury. Oh. So I talked about doing a bit of a hike and stuff. She said, I just don't think I can do Can't it at the moment. Said, oh. And then she had all this work to do. And she, so she couldn't do anything anyway. Right. I was totally off the hook. See? Yeah, yeah. But I still was. You and know. you were spending time with her family as well. Of course. So you put, and, and you're I'm putting back, the hours yeah, in. No, I'm still, I'm only gone for four hours out of the day. You just, know, and racing around. I'm pretty round. sure she said that's not long enough. Yeah. I just oh, could have had some good scores. It's the blowout hole. I'm always having the blowout hole. Uh, Ruins the score, Beef. By the way, people, you're listening to the Jack Link's Beef Jerky. Best beef jerky on the planet. 365 days of sport radio show. Okay. It's okay. one of the greatest sports radio shows on the planet, apparently. Occasionally, we have um, a third guest, Gavin Egan. Not for some time, though, but he just said he can't make it well, tonight. Well, he's doing the... Um, he can't, can't make it tonight. Sorry, lads. I'm watching foot golf highlights on YouTube. Oh, who isn't? Who isn't? Oh, God. Um, I wonder how he's squeezing that in between his uh, dog do um, sketches. Well, he's also doing the yeah. Melbourne International Comedy Festival at the minute, which I believe right. the turnout in terms of crowd isn't fantastic this year, although there has been a few sold out gigs, and I believe... I think I saw a video of Gav's gig look pretty full. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so, good. Yeah. So good luck to Gav and uh, Barat. You, you think Rayo? people are still scared of the old corona, do you? I don't think they are, although I've got a story... Almost 300 million deaths now. Three, three million, sorry. I was going to say... Sorry, three, 300 million. 
hundred million. Uh, oh, no, uh, it's like a hundred and fifty. Yeah, got that um, one wrong. I have got a story about uh, the old uh, Vancouver Canucks. We might do that a bit later. Okay. 17 of their 22 players have got this uh, P1 Corona variant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty... That's uh, the vicious one, isn't that's it? That's the really bad one. Okay. Knocking people about a bit. Yeah. Even the, even the young ones. Even the young ones. Neil yeah. and Rick and Vivian. Yeah, okay. Mike was the other one. They, they, and nobody remembers Mike from the young ones. The thing is, nah, I quite like Mike. In fact, he's got a lot of good gags. He, They're no, little cheeky ones. Yeah, they they yeah. sneak in there. Definitely. But I was going to say, I keep whenever I hear like, oh, it's, Corona's been a bit dangerous to some people in their 40s, I'm like, oh, sweet, don't have to worry about that. And then I go, oh, that's right, I'm 40. Yeah. yeah. Well done, Rob. Apparently, Gav didn't die from coronavirus. He only died on stage. Oh, well, that's, that's, not a good well, that's sign. okay, you know. Not a good sign at all. Yeah. It's about- character building. Keep at it, Gav. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Go through the fourth wall. <laughs> Apparently, that's a thing. Yeah. Did you know? Crash helmet and all. Thursday, the US Masters is on. This Thursday? Starts Thursday. Oh, awesome. Great. I'll be at home. Will you? Yeah, work for, I'll, work for, I'll be working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be uh, I'm working. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So US Masters uh, starts Thursday at Augusta. I don't know if, well, how many crowd if there have if there's no crowd or what. It's not in the love report. the Masters. It's got a whole it, other it's vibe. It's the one. Yeah. It's the one. It's on my bucket list. I've not been. We if, nearly, I, if I could find any way to actually play, that would be just blow my mind. We nearly went, didn't we? We were in Atlanta. It's the thought that counts. Well, is it? <laughs> I'd rather be there, to be honest. That was a so. What got me? What facetious I, use of what that I, uh, phrase? I was, I was beef? flicking through the odds. What? I was flicking through the odds, Rob. For oh, the, oh, the races? No, for the oh, the US Masters. US Masters golf. Yeah. Right at the bottom of the list, I saw Woosnam, comma Ian. What in the US? Masters. He's listed. He's making a comeback. He is making a comeback. Oh, awesome! <laughs> Ian Woosnam is back at Augusta National, ready to play in the Masters for the thirty-second time. Yeah. Although his main target this year is to enjoy at least 36 holes free of pain. Woosnam was unable to make the tournament in November last year as he was still recovering from a back operation he underwent 15 months ago. Mm. His decision to go under the knife prompted by the fear of never being able to compete in a professional golf tournament again. Mm. I've come off the course thinking I'm not going to play again, but I've always said if I could do something, I'd have another go. Said mm. the Welshman who's now 63 <laughs> and he's not made the halfway cut since 2007 at Augusta. Right. Woosdom, here's your money, Rob, for the weekend. Woosdom's 3,000 to 1 to win the tournament. Okay. 66 to 1 to make the top 20. And with Sandy Lyle, he is 1,000 to 1 to be the top Brit. Okay. Sandy Lyle. I didn't know he was British. Sandy Lyle? Yeah. Scottish. Never, ever. I was sure he's American. Oh, because that's one particular US Masters. For whatever reason, I've seen quite a lot. Dad used to record them on video cassette. Uh, Sandy Lyle went close. 84, I think, was He it? won 89. Oh, did he? Yeah. He won the Masters in 89? Pretty sure, yeah. Okay. You're not confusing him with Nick Faldo? No. Did Sandy Lyle win the Masters? That's a, Google it. A, uh, we will. I'm sure of it. I'll just flick through the odds here. The last four names on the odds chart. Jose Maria Lathabal. Yep. 1,500 to 1. Larry Mize, who chipped in from uh, 80 yards to beat Greg Norman. 2,500 to 1. Sandy Lyle, 3,000 to 1. And Ian Woosnam, 3,000 to 1. What a... Well, there's some great names. Some great old school retro names there. But they're not, they're not going to win. Is Greg Norman playing? I don't think Greg Norman's playing. Okay. Well, these guys, actually, you're probably right. Because if you win the Masters and you want to play, you, you're exempt. You get to play. Okay. So Jack Nicholas, if he wanted to play the Masters, he just puts his hand up and said, yeah, I'm playing. Mm-hmm. And they have to let him in. 
That's pretty good. So that's why Sandy Lyle and Woosnam and Larry Mize are allowed to play. Yeah, you got to go round. Oh, Have a go. Every year. Yeah. Every year I'll be straight in. <laughs> Just make it like a big bender of a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Master's Week in this one, boys. Well, a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of the old boys used to play like Gary Player and stuff. They yeah. used to play the first round. Yeah. They didn't even bother with round two. <laughs> they used to tee off the, in the, a couple of the early groups and then just get on it for three days. Three-day bender, the Masters. And at Augusta, apparently it's a dollar a beer. Really? Apparently so, if you're in the clubhouse, yeah. Because they've, they've got like 19... Oh, the perks of the green jacket. Yeah, the 1950 prices. Apparently hot dogs are on course are a dollar still and things like that. It's crazy over there. So just because the access is so hard to even get anywhere near it, they yeah. go, well, let's not charge people. Exactly right. What a phenomenal attitude that is. There would have to be wealthy people that are there. Exactly. Well, that's very different to that President's Cup with uh, oh. Melbourne, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, My word. So. Very much so. So uh, not happy about favorites. that. And plus you don't even get to see much golf. Zero golf, wasn't it? Uh, favorites are Justin Johnson and Jordan Spieth, who won. Who I think Jordan Spieth won for the first time in a while yeah, last weekend. he did. Then you got big Bryson. DeChambeau. Yeah. Rob DeChambeau, by Rob the way. Rob DeChambeau. Going, or, I'm, uh, I'm playing the par fives like par fours, mate. Rob, Rob DeBriars. Uh, Justin Thomas. John Ram, who's just had a baby. Rory McIlroy, 16 to 1. Good odds on the yeah. Mac. Brooks Kepka, 25 to 1. Top Aussie is Cameron Smith, 28 to 1, apparently. The Aussies, there's only five Aussies in the whole tournament. Cam Smith, Jason Day, Adam Scott, Mark Leishman, and Matt Jones. And then... We talked about this on the show the other week. There is a odds book for top left-hander. Right. Rob Bryce, not quite in it yet. Uh, I'll tell you what, next year, though, <laughs> I'm going to try and get in the Australian Open. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like it. <laughs> How's that for a blowout? So we've got the old faithful Bubba Watson. He's $2.75 to be top left-hander. Brian Harmon, $3.75. Rob McIntyre, who I've never heard of, $4. Phil Mickelson to be top left-hander, $4.50. And then Canadian Mike Weir, yep. who, who's won majors, we, we've learned. He's 20 to 1 to be top left-hander. I'll, so. I'll, I'll back Phil Mickelson on that. Although I did watch him make a 10 the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. They said it was his second highest score in a hole in his entire career. Was it a water-based uh, Yeah, I think issue? two or three times. And then he tried to like chip off a rock and he hit it about a foot. And, oh, really? Yeah, it didn't work out at all. No. Well, as we learned the other week, Phil Mickelson dropped out the world's top 100 for the first time in 26 years recently. Jeez. So it's not good. No. What's Tiger ranked now? Um, well, he's not playing. Yeah. And I don't know what his ranking is. What did he get back down to? I don't know. Well, what are you asking me? He's well, I, just was, I thought you would have the... You just know You just know everything most of the time. <laughs> Question without notice. All of a sudden, Mr. Sports fans just sort of defending himself like, like oh, well, you, like you're playing some victim. You're probably asking you're me The about... one thing in the world that you're most best known for, yeah. and you're pretending to sort of hide under a rock all of a sudden. Yeah. World's biggest sports fans just proclaim to... it all the time. You'll be asking me One questions. basic question about where's Tiger Woods at in the golf current top 10 after you've just done a story about all the golfing places, and um, you're looking a bit concerned about life. Can't find him. <laughs> He's gone. What, 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 he's retired. Oh, gone. He, gone. Forgotten. Number seventy-one in the world. Okay. Tiger but Woods. I reckon he got up into the top ten again. Probably did. Yeah. yeah. I think just, he got to about fifth. I'm actually. just looking at number ten in the world. Is an English guy called Tyrrell Hatton. Yeah. Number ten in the world. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. There's a Norwegian at number fourteen. Victor Hovland. Right. Wow. Billy Horschel, number seventeen. Uh, I, I, this is. This just shows. How far I am behind the world of golf. Okay. There's a Chilean called Joaquin Neiman. And if I'd seen him on the list, I'd think, oh, he's Swedish. No, he's from Chile. <laughs> Crazy stuff. There's a Frenchman at, t- at 29, Victor Perez. 
I'm so far behind the golf world, Miles Rob. Off. How do you, how do you get into the Australian Open? You can just, anyone can go in, can't they? Well, you it's, like, it's you the Open. Probably need a, you need to qualify. Yeah, you need a handicap. But, I would imagine. No, there's been no handicap. It's open. Well, okay, yeah, surely. Well, this is the, well, or we, some we'll sort have of have to do some research. There must be a qualifying event then. There'll be there's several qualifying events. I think. Right. A friend of mine tried the one I told you about, Mark Carruthers. He tried to get into the New Zealand Open that I played the My Miracle Golf round with. Clues in the name. Who was the yeah. And uh, so he got. He said he needed to birdie two of the last three holes in the final qualifier to get through. And yeah. I think he made a birdie. And Tell you what, Rob. Oh, no, but if, he didn't make it. If you enter, yeah. If you enter the open <laughs> qualifying rounds, I will come and caddy for you. <laughs> it's in. It's in the book. I've got to have to figure out how to play bunker shots again. Don't, just I, avoid I, I, the bunkers. Well, easy as that. Generally, that's my intent. <laughs> But those sandbelt courses down here, jeez, if you can't sand, play bunkers, you forget about it. You're probably in trouble. So, yeah, you've you've got me on that. I will come and caddy for you. Okay. I'll carry the bag. I like it. <laughs> I wonder how many qualifying rounds. It would be like six or something. There'd be a lot. Yeah. yeah. At least four. Be a Saturday and Sunday, full days. Probably. Can't wait for that. that was, oh, I'm excited now. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start researching that. Yeah, we'd have to film it and stuff. Mm. We really would. Oh, well, so uh, apart from that, not much else to report, but a rather tedious Easter by the sound of it. Well, no, it was still pretty good, plenty of drinking in that. Oh. I, in fact, I had far too much on the first night, though. Oh. Got a bit excited, got a bit carried away. <laughs> well, I'll just briefly, I'll try to go through as quick as I can. So I jumped on the course and I'm by myself, right? Oh. First four holes, no one there. I'm two over after four holes. And then I play the par fives, next par fives. 480 metres uphill. I'm on for two, driver five on. And I got called up by the group in front because they were oh, four. Right. Yeah, yeah. Went and played through them, played the next hole, par. Then got called up again for another group, birdied that hole. Flying. Then I got called up again for another par three, <laughs> went through them. So I'm racing through. <laughs> three parted that for bogey. He was annoyed. And then I just missed my birdie part on the ninth. And then I finished the ninth. Then the tenth hole is like uphill, 390 metres, number one stroke hole, par four. Yeah. And I got called through again. And so I'm just sweating, but... So, but I've gone round and I've gone around the front nine and one over. Right. So I'm on fire. I'm just wow. going. Here we go. I'm doing it again, back to back, uh, sub eighties. Uh, but I'm so tired, munted. I'm sweating, and I, I have like three big blowout holes in a row, and it ruins my round. Uh. And then I basically uh, part every hole except one after that. Ah. So it was oh, almost another ripper, and that's a hard course, that Jubilee up at Wangaratta. That's back nine. Too many trees. If you miss the trees, you're in the dirt as well. Snakes, koalas, giant lizards. We actually got warned at Northcote about tiger snakes. Yeah, I've seen the signs there, but oh. I've never seen one. Anywhere along the along the Yarra River, because yeah. apparently even at Yarra Bend there's always signs. But, Is there? Yeah. I mean, I had I did tell you about the massive one that crawled up into the chicken coop when I helped yeah. said that. Well, tiger, so they're, they're around. Tiger snakes are quite reclusive, right? and they'll basically only attack you if you step on them or very close to them. So they'll, we, they do keep themselves to themselves, even though they're very, Pretty very much all poison. snakes are like that, aren't you? Uh, well, they're not going to chase you. You see these videos of the king cobras in India. They chase you. Yeah? Yeah, rattlesnakes, they chase you, copperheads. Really? Yeah, I think so. Are they fast? Fast enough. I'd just, I'd be out of there, man. Yeah. Forget about it. Or I'd, I'd swing a club at him or something. <laughs> well, that's that's the advantage you have with a big my, metal thing. That my can... title TSI <laughs> 2, I tell you. If I hit that as well as the <laughs> golf ball, well, his head will be gone. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you hear about Kevin? No. He's in Australia too. Spreading himself a bit thin. Yeah. Everyone wants a slice of Kevin. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues.
beef up your snack life. Hi, I'm Andrew Gaze, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. So he played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song and it's clear a mark because the words don't fit and the song is shit. You're a talentless kid. You suck! Right, Rob. Yep. You've been whinging about worst song <laughs> in the world. This is a song called All The Way, right? Okay. It's about the Chicago Cubs. I'm just going to play how, it. How old? How old, roughly? Uh, 2008. Okay. So I'm just going to play it and get your this response. This almost sounds familiar. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're healed The first time you walk into Wrigley Field Our heroes wear pinstripes, heroes in blue Give us the chance to feel like heroes too Forever we'll win and if we should lose We know someday we'll go all the way Yeah, someday we'll go all the way We are one with the Cubs, with the Cubs we're in love Yeah, hold our head high as the underdogs We are not fair weather, but foul weather fans Like brothers in arms in the streets and the stands There's magic in the ivy in the old scoreboard The same when I stared at as a kid keeping score In a world full of greed I could never want more And someday we'll go all the way Teaching us faith and giving us hope United we stand and united we'll fall Down to our knees the day we win it all Yeah, our name I said, oh, let's play too How did it mean 200 years? In the same ballpark, a diamond, our jewel The home of our joy and our tears Traditions and wishes made new A place where our grandfathers, fathers, they grew A spiritual feeling if I ever knew And if you ain't been, I am sorry for you When the day comes for that last winning run And I'm crying and covered in beer I look to the sky and know I was right To think someday we'll go all the way
there you go, Rob. Well, I'm never going to like bag one of my heroes. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> uh, but but, but I, that must be some sort of old Cub song, though. He didn't write that. Or did he write uh, it? I believe he did write it. It was released on the 100-year anniversary of the Chicago Cubs World Series win in, from 1908. But obviously, the Cubs went and won it in 2016. Yeah. So apparently, he did a big re-release. Okay. But was it always just done like that, though? Not sure, man. It sounds like it would have been. That was recorded live. He did a show at Wrigley Field in yeah. 2013, and some local either TV station or something built yeah. a full montage yeah. to go yeah, behind yeah, that yeah, song. Yeah. So well, um, I didn't know he was a Cubs fan, to be honest. I did because I seen him sing "Take Me Out of the Ball Game." Oh, yeah. Right there, you go. But I don't know what the affiliation is because he's from San Diego, and yeah. then he, he only moved to Seattle because of the band. A lifelong Chicago Cubs fan, the Pearl Jam frontman spent part of his youth in the Chicago area okay. and plenty of time at Wrigley Field. Right, okay, that's what it says. So they must have moved down there later or something like mm. that. I should know. I don't think there's been a biography about him. I should know all that. I mean, well, we've given Scott that, Stapp a load of rubbish and well, crap for uh, supporting the Marlins. But it's it's just executed so differently. Very true. That just sounds like a guy with a guitar singing a tune, whereas it sounds like a Creed song, but they're just singing about the Florida Marlins. <laughs> and that's why it sounds so stupid. Also, that, and that, that's almost exactly how a Creed song is constructed with the big chorus. Even though, I mean, Scott Stapp tried to fit in a, quite a few baseball terms, just shoehorn them in, whereas Eddie's probably... Moved his way around a little better. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. He has a bit more feel for subtlety um, <laughs> than, well, uh, than, Stapp, than anyone from Creed. Did I tell you that I actually saw an interview with Scott Stapp? They got in the car and one of their songs came on the radio and his daughters are in the back seat and they're cracking up laughing. <laughs> And she's asking what they're laughing and they start doing an impression of how he sings, going back at him. And he thought it was great. He, thought, he actually takes it in good stead. After his massive blowout, where he had to get uh, off all the gear and yeah. whatever else, he's actually sort of uh, reborn again and he's quite happy now again, Scott Stapp. Oh, is he? Well, good yeah. on Scott. Well done, Scott. But he was one of these real sort of hard taskmasters. Like, um, he, was, he was right into like the secret. And all those personal power sort of books, you well, know. Was, wasn't he a big religious freak as well? Though? Well, he, or massively, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hugely into his faith and stuff. But he also read like those motivational secret, sort of. Yeah. The, and what's the other one? Or who's that guy? The, the Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Um, he actually fired their drummer for not believing. I think for turning up late to a practice two two times in a row, he fired him on the spot. I just oh. said, "I'm not here to let you ruin my dreams." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, we just got to say, baseball kicked off just before Easter, I think. Got a good top 10 coming up later. Who won last year? Great question. You don't even know. Tampa Bay. Really? Yeah. Didn't they just have the Super Bowl, though? As, as well? well. They're double winners. And they won the Super Bowl? Yeah. So they got the... That's ridiculous. Mm. What are the... When has that ever happened before? I'm not sure, Rob. Oh, don't you... <laughs> I'm giving Maybe you... Cleveland Brown, Cleveland Indians? That's no, I don't think the Indians have ever won it. Were they rubbish before? Do they get good after um, Major League? Have they ever been good? Yeah. The Indians? The Indians. Yeah, yeah. They got the they Indians? got through to... Um, the Indians? I think they were in the World Series when I was watching think, a bit around like the mid-90s. I think they're dumping their name as well. I think they're now the Cleveland baseball team. Oh, yeah. A bit like Washington. So is it officially that there will be no more Indians, just Native Americans? Uh, Kansas City keeping their name. The Chiefs. Okay. There's another one as the well. The Redskins are going, Atlanta. surely. Braves. Sure the Braves. The Braves, yeah. Surely that's all right. You would have thought so, yeah. Are these things not in some ways supposed to be cherishing their heritage? 
Well, this is it. Yeah. Why, why is it immediately a negative connotation? I don't, that's what I don't understand. Uh, Indians, I get because this, they were called that because they were trying to let, find India. So they, they this is this really. <laughs> this is okay. to, I don't know. I hope I haven't got this wrong. Or, or I think that's why the West Indies got called the West Indies. Okay, yeah, yeah. I might be wrong on this. I hope I'm not spreading f- wrong information, but it has. This is based mostly off a Louis C.K. comedy sketch. Okay, well, it's, they were they were looking for India, but it must and, be some, and they uh... they came to America somehow, and they and they came across these the native people, and they said, "Oh, this must be the Indians." And 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 they, but then they figured out pretty quickly that they weren't in India. These aren't Indians. So they went, "Ah, no, nah, you're Indians." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Lucy K kind of does yeah. the bit. All right, I'll okay. see if we can find it and play it. I don't think um, there's any swearing. So I, we can I play lied it. to you. Tampa Bay Rays were in the World Series. They lost they, to the LA win. Dodgers. Oh, the Dodgers won. But the Tampa Bay Lightning won the NHL. Oh, jeez. They're right in the mix. So, then. yeah. So the Rays got to the World Series. The Lightning won the NHL. And mm. the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. How can Florida win our winter sport? Well, Tampa Bay as well. But, um, yeah, it's all of happening. Of all places. Tampa Bay. I didn't think sport. much of Tampa at all when we went through there. Did we get to Tampa? Yeah. Isn't that where we swim to that big that monster trucks? Oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, right. Raymond James Stadium. It just—it was just like, it was like the Gold Coast a bit. Yeah, it's a little. <laughs> well, it's a bit like, Well, it is kind of like the Gold Coast because Orlando is not that far away. Probably about fifty minutes from right. Tampa. So, hey, so is. that stadium we went to then—is that where the Super Bowl was? Yeah. Ah, oh, with the pirate that? ship. Yeah, just big pirate us. ship. We had a pirate ship right behind. Very us. Disneylandish. And Rob's best mate stood in front of him every time that we went to the monster trucks in Tampa Bay. By the way, didn't he keep standing up and yelling? Kept standing up, he was absolutely off his head. Yeah, he had drunk at least three beers. Well marinated. Um, and any time a a monster truck did something, he stood up Vroom. one one hand in the air. Yeah, <laughs> he did. I just, time. oh, he I, was quite annoying. I just, I can't. Don't understand why. That just is the lowest form of intellect look at the truck go up Rawr! smash yeah let's go watch trucks drive up ramps yeah vroom it's like a three-year-old kid with a hot wheels car going vroom vroom but it's adults but it's with families size. that have their own kids now there there's was- no hope that that there was, that monster truck mean there was 50,000 people. It was jam-packed. Crazy, wasn't I it? I don't... I mean, I th- I think I get it. I get it, but you just have to be not very bright. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have to. It's, you don't have to buy into anything, Rob. You, it doesn't really matter who wins. It's just... A show. Watch the cars go brum, brum, brum. Actually, I've got to mention, talking about a show, <laughs> good luck to uh, huh? Charlie Andrews. Yeah. I, I think he's jousting this weekend. For oh, the fir- awesome. The first time for a long time. After broken legs and oh, uh, COVID. COVID is the yeah. main thing. Yeah, he got COVID, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, Lake Havasu, Arizona. He's, Good. Uh, jousting at. I can't believe he's still doing it. Of course he is. Is he 50? I think he is 50. I think he just turned 50 last year. What a unit. The great man. I'd love to catch up with him again. We, we definitely should. Yeah. He, we've got to get him to Australia to compete in this World Jousting yeah. Championship. Show 200. Oh, great call. Yeah. Now we've moved. Now the times have changed. Yeah. He's on a probably a good time zone for us to give okay. him a bail. Like it. Show 200. I like the way you think, Rob. It's finally. You've actually, uh, actually said something actually good. actually had an idea. Yeah. And I got, I got my Oyage movie too. <laughs> what was that called? I can't remember. Talking about bad ideas. Huh? <laughs> 
as opposed to the good ideas we've just had. Yeah. A, a Romanian football club's April Fool's... Why did, but see, that's why that was a bad throw. Because I've just come up with good ideas, and you said talking of bad ideas. Like, it's supposed to link from the same thing to the same, a similar thing, not the exact opposite. Rob, this is show 195. Yeah. You must know by now that we don't really link stuff up. A Romanian football club's April Fool's prank on their manager, Stefan Fagrossi, oh, yeah. backfired in spectacular fashion after he resigned with immediate effect. Following three defeats mm-hmm. and many games since taking charge, third-tier outfit CD Industria Galda Rejos bizarrely tried to play a trick on their manager. They teamed up with local news outlet Alba Sport, where the club's management convinced them to run an article claiming Fogarossi had been sacked. Despite knowing the story was fake, Fogarossi did not see the funny side of the incident and subsequently stood down as their manager. Romanian journalist Emmanuel Rozu tweeted, This is absolutely brilliant! <laughs> Industrial Galda de Joss asked a local website to help them with an Abra Falls joke for their manager. Yeah. Galda wanted an article saying Coach Fogarossi was sacked after three defeats in his three games in charge. <laughs> the man took it seriously and left his job with immediate effect after reading the article. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. 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 Some gag. of the comments. Some of the, it says, this is in the article. It says, fans were left in stitches by Fogarosi's exit. One user posted, Romanian football humor is something else. Another message, as I am bitter, I probably would have done the same as a coach. And a third simply stated, Romanian football, you simply wouldn't understand. <laughs> just doesn't make any sense. Oddly enough, on Facebook just yesterday, someone posted some picture of a football coach for a club team. Uh, like English soccer or something, yeah, yeah. and giving a, a long spiel as to why they've had to make cutbacks on the team. And this guy, for the for these variety of reasons, has not made the cut. You're on the piss too much. You yeah, do this yeah. as well. So we've had to make cutbacks, and I'm sorry, but you're out. That's it. And the guy spoke, ha ha, nice one. Happy full stay to you too. And then the next comment is, I didn't actually know it was even April. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, gone. Gone. Yeah. Lazy at training. Hopeless he was. So yeah, boom. No Lazy joke. Lazy at training. I yeah. wonder what level that was. Uh, maybe... Oh, okay, it wouldn't be high level. Yeah, I'd like to know who it was. Gold Coast Mayor Tom Tate apologises for a racist joke mocking Chinese people. Oh, did I read this somewhere? Gold, Coast, what was it? Gold did... Coast Mayor Tom Tate has apologised for a racist yeah. comment about Chinese people at a press conference in Townsville on Monday. Tate was discussing what the Gold Coast could learn from North Queensland City about disaster management. Hmm. Hey, you are resilient, mate, and recover from this is what we want to learn. He went on to discuss how to make victims of natural disasters more comfortable in temporary accommodation before making the offensive off-the-cuff comment. Bring your pets with you too, mate. I don't mind that. Everyone's not the same. You try to give them comfort. You don't want to put a Chinese next to someone who's got a cat, you know. She might be breakfast. <laughs> You've just got to work those things out. <laughs> Oh, he took the gamble. <laughs> you know what that makes me think of? It goes back to the neighbours story. It goes back to neighbours. Yeah. <laughs> goes back to the neighbours story about Koreans eating the dog. Um, the strange thing is, Tate has served three terms as mayor of the Gold Coast and is of Asian descent. <laughs> <laughs> His mother is Thai, apparently. So uh, oh. well, obviously, there's a, a load of anti-Asian um, stuff going on right I, now. I think someone in New Zealand, some guy, a commentator. It was at the rugby on the Super Rugby. Oh, you, is that a story you got coming up? No, it's not. I didn't. Apparently, uh, briefly impersonated a giant. Probably not dissimilar to how I do it when I talk about the Bruce. Yeah. But, you know, I do, I do that as a in a mocking thing. I do it simply because I've heard many, many Chinese people talk like that. Not all of them. 
Not all but of them. some. Just some. If I, no one would complain if I do an Irish accent. <laughs> no. No one complains about Beefy's northern accents. No, all my Canadian accent. Yeah, I've even done slight uh, Indian accent sometimes. You're, you're allowed to impersonate people. It's not always just derogatory. You're not, yeah. They're not beneath you. It's just what they sound like. Hmm. So attach whatever connotation you want. Your interpretation does not override my intent. Again, that's that's okay. a, again. I repeated it last week. Remember, you I gave did. everyone a lesson on how things work. Thanks, mate. It's good. Glad you did. People so, need to know how the world is. And, they do, and, and I, I'm the best person to learn from. <laughs> Doctor Robert, there. <laughs> <laughs> what up? Same old, same old. You? Fifty Shades of Greys. Nice. <laughs> hey, did you hear the news about Bridget? She's making her way around Australia. For reals. Yeah, she's everywhere. Barbecues, footy, even camping. Well, sounds like she's flat out. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to go to Australia. One day, bro. One day. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues. Beef up your snack life. I'm Mick Fanning, and this is 365 Days of Sport. Time for Rob's Film Review! What time is it, Rob? It's time for Rob's Film Review. It but is time for Rob. We've done some research during the break, and it turns out that to make the Australian Open, mm. you have to have a handicap of two. Make the Australian qualifiers. The qualifiers. Not, you have to have not, a, the, you have to, not open. the Open. You have to, have to, the qualifiers to even be allowed in, you have to have a handicap of two, and uh, it's played at... Uh, I don't know, some like course or something. Qualifying Three. courses are in yeah. New South Wales and one, in, one in, in Carnarvon Golf Club, which is the middle of nowhere. Yeah, so right. That's going to be our go. That's going to We're <laughs> yeah. off to Carnarvon. Well, beefy solution was, oh, just put fake cards in. Shh, don't tell people that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. But that 75 I'd had, uh, that would be, that would get me close to it too. Apparently these days you're handicapped. They put it quite a bit under what you've just oh, last hit. Although the course rating at Yarrabend is, is not right. so high. I think okay. it's, it takes one, it takes two. Two shots off your handicap or three or something. Okay. Oh, well, well, well it's time, yeah. Rob. This time. I should have had a 73, 72. Just, all right. Calm down. <laughs> Just get it done. Rob's film review, people. What are we reviewing? Uh, there's a, well, as you recall, yeah. there was a question in the quiz last week. Right. Of who was the actor in that played in the soccer team of the film The Victory. Escape to Victory, yeah. Well, that's the, that's the originals called Escape to Victory. Oh, right. And then in 81, it's just called Victory. Is it? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the whole team is actually all footballers, apart from Michael Caine and um, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. So I, I didn't know Michael Caine was in it, but I got Sylvester Stallone. A lot of Ipswich Town players. Okay. John Walk, Russell Osman, a few others. Bobby Murray. Bobby Moore, Moore is the captain. Yeah. He's the captain. Who was England captain? Obviously, he's, uh, Pelé. Pelé, yeah, he's Oz- awesome. Ozzy Ardiles, he was in the in the. There's side. one Pelé. There's one bit's hilarious. Wait, on the blackboard. The blackboard. Yeah, yeah God, I had a huge laugh there. Yes, <laughs> it was brilliant. But I should probably start from the start. Let's shouldn't start I, from the start. Rob. We need a platform here. Yeah. Well, the it opens up. It's it's World War Two time, people. It is. So the world's in crisis. I have to say, I reckon their depiction of the... this They start on a prison of war camp. I reckon their depiction of it is probably a touch more friendly than it would have been in real life. Uh, I would suggest uh, the people looked a touch more healthy than... Uh, I was going to say... Given this- my own grandfather came in at 5 foot 10 and 75 kg and left at 48 kg, um, I would suggest they're somewhat malnourished. 
There's a Wouldn't, touch of the Hogan's Heroes about this. Bit of Hogan's Heroes about it. Uh, great Escape too. Bit of combo between the two of those. So the what happens here is Sylvester Stallone. He's fairly new on the scene on the POW camp. I've just a couple of times I duck off. I was cooking a roast chicken. Oh, so that's the best way you know, to do it. Multitasking, doing quizzes, all sorts of stuff. He's a bit of a hothead, as the American. Sylvester Stallone just sort of, and he seems a bit into himself, a bit bit selfish, not really part of the team, and he's the only American in the camp, pretty much. It's pretty much all Brits and uh, Europeans. What happens is there is decided amongst the head of the Allies and by the head of the POW camp, who's actually not a bad bloke, he's not full-blown Gestapo. Oh, right. He's all right. That they want to have a soccer match, a football match. And that they're going to have the Allies versus the Germans. And the idea is that the Germans are going to just be an illustration of their might and power and superiority of the Aryan race against the rest of the world. In the background, there's regular escapes being attempted from this POW camp (laughs) of people trying to get in and out. So Sylvester Stallone comes in and he's like, all right, I, I want to get out of this joint. I've got this great plan of when we go in the showers, distract him for a bit with a cigarette and I'll climb out the roof and I'll be off and gone and I'll see you later. Said, well, well. That's your plan. We'll we'll do what we can. We'll get the, the tailor onto it and the blacksmith to make your sort of credentials and your pass and your passport and a bit of great escape about it. And he's like, no problem. You got him. Have to pretend you're French because oh, I can do a bit of French. Just best alone. No problems. Um, but then all of a sudden the soccer team thing gets announced. Yeah. And they start training. And he's sort of like, oh well, I want to be in the soccer team. Mm. I want to be in the football team, you know. But he can't play because he's, he's American. Yeah. So he's doing stupid stuff. He's doing rugby tackles on him and fo- American <laughs> football tackles on the players. He's got no skills, foot skills at all. He just runs around like a bit of a lunatic. I reckon this is just after Rocky Two or just before it. Oh. By how skinny he is. It's not an 81. It's actually just after Rocky then, after the first one, because that was 1980, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay. So he's, 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 he's looking, he's look, yeah, yeah, he's looking, he's very good shape and uh, very, very trim as, as uh, Sylvester in this one. And so in a, Michael Caine's the head guy, his name's Colby, and, but he's very much a man of the people. Even though he's an officer, he doesn't like hanging with the officers because right. he's about the working man. And he even says, look, I, I don't want just officers in this football team. I, I want it to be lads, you know. I mean, these guys, it, 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 and but the, the officers in the camp are always sort of offside with them because they're trying to think, they're still trying to win the war. And they want the people to escape and try and get information to intelligence and stuff. Of course, they're good at pointing the finger and giving direction, but they never do it themselves, do they, Beef? No. They never put their own neck on the line. So it's all very contradictory in that regard. So, and Michael Caine sort of say, look, these people, these boys, they've been sent out to war. They've done their job. They've been caught. They're in prison. They just didn't want to wait it out. And once it's done, it's done. And they can go back to their old life, yep. hopefully, in some way, shape, or form. If, depending if it's uh, Adolf's rule, well, that's the way it's worked out. But it's mm. not what we want. It's a bit harsh to be expecting them to be crawling out in the middle of the night, risking their own life and getting shot dead by prison guards when they can at least enjoy a bit of sun, yeah. play a bit of football. Stay out of it, BP. Now, the twist to this is yeah. Sylvester Stallone, as you quite mentioned, mm. he was not a chance of being in the team. No. But they work out a ploy well, to get him in the team. What happens is his great plan of how he was going to make his escape out of the prison, they foiled it by something happened in the administration and organisation of when the guards' shifts take place. Something to do with the football team caused the shifts to change. And all of a sudden, the guards that he needed to be oblivious to the uh, showers area where he was going to make his escape out of were now all of a sudden going to be at high alert and and not distracted. So he's like, well, look, if you're you're going to screw up my escape plan, then I'm going to be in this football team (laughs) and I'm going to go get out with you lot. Because it was also a plan. The football team at halftime is going to sneak 
out of the football stadium yeah. just to say, oh, screw you, Germany. Yep. We're not taking part in this rubbish, no. just show of power. And that's sort of the plan. So then he, the Sylvester Stallone hears this, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go that way. Yeah. Brilliant idea. The, then the officers, see, this this idea isn't going down so well with, with Cole, what's his name again? Colby. Michael, Michael Kane. Colby, Michael Kane. Yeah. He's not so keen on, on this idea of sneaking out for the match. He's going, these players, they sort of need this match. They need to feel good about something. So I don't think we're so keen on that. But then the officers, get they get hold of this Sylvester Stallone because they know he's a bit of a loose cannon. They say, look, mate, we need to sneak you out of here. You need to go to Paris and go see our people. They're going to help get them out of the stadium because the game's going to be played in occupied Paris in France. Yeah. Col- Colomb Stadium. Is that a real stadium? Probably. Yeah? I can't remember. Well, anyway, anyway. That's, and so he has a big mission to sneak out, and he finds this bird and and, and uh, relays information to the Allied French forces, and they say, um, "Well, you're going to have to go back to the, and, and you're going to go play for the team." I missed that part actually. Okay, I don't know why he has to go back to. to he has to go back and tell them yeah. that they're going to make the escape route definitely right. to get him out. I've so seen this for a long time, but yeah, I think that's why that's the only reason he goes back. Right, it's because it, it, they've said no matter what, you have to get this information back, and we're going to get the team out at half time. Oh, okay, get right. them out of the stadium. So he breaks out, and he's got to break back in. He's got to break back in again. Right. But he doesn't really bother being sneaky about it. He just sort of rocks up and goes, yeah, okay, here I am. Mm-hmm. Stick me in the cooler like a Steve McQueen in the greatest game. So as an eight-year-old, when I probably saw this for the first time, eight, yeah. nine-year-old, to get Stallone into the team is one of the most harrowing things I've seen because the goalkeeper that they had, yeah. they had to nobble him to allow Stallone to yes. make the side. So the so goalkeeper's they, an Irish bloke. Yeah. So they put his arm across the top of two chairs. Oh, no, it was across actually um, bed or the bed bunk. The bed and, bunk planks. Um, so they snap his arm in arm. Yeah, but they don't show it graphically. No, they don't. But you, but when you're yeah. a kid, you think, oh, it's horrendous. Pretty awful. Yeah. Oh, I saw much worse than that. Well, I used to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre well, and yeah, all that sort New of Zealand stuff. And well, it's just Big Brothers, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's exactly what happens. They got to, well, we've got to get Sylvester's alone in the team now. So the only way we can prove that he can be in the team is if our goalkeeper's injured, because obviously he can't play football. But they did discover he's not bad in the goal, because and, and he could dive around and be a ruffian and that. And so anyway, yeah, they break the other goalkeeper's arm so he can't play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and ship him off. Now it's a big crowd in for the game. Big crowd. Huge crowd. Sell out. And the plan is, in the changing room, they're going to drill a tunnel under the ground and drill it up through. A lot of tunnel tunnels being dug in World War Two. Oh, lots of tunnels. I wonder if there's still, must have a lot of them still there, a lot of them. Probably. A lot of underground, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they're going straight up through their spa bath. Uh, right. well, and, spa and, bath in well, the 19- Oh, it's a bath. A big, a big, big Roman, bath. Roman bath. The big bath. Yeah, yeah. big Roman style bath, or or like the one in the uh, Japan hotel the, that we stayed at. Oh, the communal bath. Yeah, yeah, one like that. So, but then then they've got to play the game. So they want to make some sort of showing, but the Germans are up four nil pretty oh, quickly, yeah, and it's yeah. it's not going well. And the the refs are cheating. They're yeah. all being bullied. They're beating them up. They're playing dirty because they know they can because they're not going to get penalised. And the, all the knobhead Gestapo blokes are just going nodding and going, "This is how it is. We're the greatest." <laughs> rah, rah, rah. And then they they injure Palais, and Palais has to go off. And they injured another bloke, and he, he got stretched off, munted, and, and the crowd's all just not real thrilled. They're not really booing because they can't really boo no. because they'll get in trouble. Yeah. But they're not thrilled. And then all of a sudden, right before half time, they score a great goal, the Allies. Yeah. And the crowd comes alive and is stoked. 
And then they go into half time, and all of a sudden, they, they, they drill through the bath, and they're like, well, here's your escape. And, and some of the guys didn't even know this was happening. Ah, right. Yeah. Didn't know that. And they're like, what? And then all of a sudden, they're caught in two minds because there's belief now they can actually win. Yeah. And perhaps winning this game will do more for the spirits of the wider community <laughs> than them selfishly running and going out the tunnel and making a run for it, you know. Yeah. And in particular, Sylvester Stallone, he's got the biggest decision to make because he's the one that really didn't feel such a part of this whole thing. And in his whole life, he was an orphan or a bastard child or something. Right. Um, he doesn't have a sister, a brother, no parents, no kids. He didn't even have a dog. Wow. This is what he told this French lady that he stayed at her house earlier. They've got to make this decision. What's the right thing to do here for the greater good of all, for the morale of the Allies to think we can overcome this tyrannical German force that is just moving such militants all throughout all of Europe. People suffering under this uh, oppression. Disgraceful way to behave. Fascist oppression. And so, it's decided, no, we're going to go there, we're going to win this bloody match. Yep. And they go out there, and sure enough, straight to it, they they score goals immediately. It's a fantastic goal. And the key moment up, they get it back to 4-3. Then they score a goal, and it's tied up. They're cheering, but no, they cheat. They disallow the goal. Yeah, they did. I remember. But then old Pele goes, nah, I'm not having this. He comes off the bench with his broken arm. And he's running around with one dodgy arm. And the ball goes up, and he does. It's a super slow-mo. And the music kicks in. And the music, by the way, Beefy. Yes. This is going to sound so much like the music from Karate. Kid. <laughs> sure enough, it's Bill Conti, the same same right. guy. Oh, you've done some and, research. And, and, well, and uh, well, there it is. And, and Pele pulls off the full blown slow mo bicycle kick yeah, yeah, yeah. and boots it in for the, the tying goal. And it's a phenomenal effort. And everyone's like, yeah, they're tired. And the siren blows. And this is the part that I thought wasn't quite right. No, they get, it, no the Germans get a penalty yeah. in the last second. Oh, Dodgy. is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. So they went up. Pele scores. Oh, right? I thought it was going to be a. A, um, it was a penalty shootout. No, 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 It no, didn't no. make sense why there's okay. only one kick. So Pelé scores, they go down the other end, and the ref gives just a, a, a like, horrendous penalty yeah, to the Germans. Yeah, it never was a penalty. Yeah, and well, anyway, Sylvester Stallone, So he when they're walks lining up, up for the penalty, the final whistle basically yeah. goes. So that's what it is. And so Sylvester Stallone walks up to the German and gives them a good, long, solid desk there. A bit like what Larry David does on Kerber Enthusiasm, <laughs> where he's just trying to size them up, going, yeah, you know what you're doing is wrong. I can see through you, but come on, let's go. And he comes in and goes for the big goal, and Sylvester Stallone puts a super slow-mo again, big diving save, saves it, saves the day, yeah. and so it, ends up, it must end up a four-all it draw then. four-all draw, yeah. Okay, and that's enough to go, Football yeah. Football's the winner. Gotcha. Football's, Football's the winner. winner. But the Yellows are the winner. And then, of course, all the Frenchies are stoked yeah. And they smash onto the field, storm yeah. the field, and they just grab them all, put all the players in coats, and they hide them, and they just send them out, and they escape anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it's a great victory. And it says, "Yeah, screw you, Nazis. I knew you weren't. You'd never been, never been up to much." And the only guy that clapped, sort of, been clapped was the the guy from the camp, the main dude who was a reasonable bloke. Yeah. And he even especially clapped when Pelé kicked the goal, and he's looking. All the Germans are looking at him like he's a betrayer just for being a good sport. You know, not it's the way of it. It's an interesting one with Pelé because um, Pelé was cast as a Trinidadian. He was. In the film because obviously yeah. he's from Brazil. Yeah, so they couldn't incorporate a South American into the not really. war. Apart from that, the whole thing's very believable. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of these reviews say uh, it's the great escape with football. Yeah. It's it, as it, simple it, as that. It's pretty much what I said. Yeah. Um, um, but thoroughly enjoyed it. It did remind me a little bit of times 
of that Disney film I told you about where the guy has a mule that can kick goals in football matches. Right. And he's from Norway. Um, and which I haven't seen that for 34 years, I reckon. Right. So, so, so I'm going to revisit that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's, Do we that's know what it's called? Nah, but this is, all I can remember is when every mule kicks the kicks the <laughs> ball, he goes, Oyage! And that makes the mule kick the football. So oh. when it, whenever they got to kick a goal in American football, they, they, they bring a mule on. Of course they do. Or a donkey. That faces backwards. That faces backwards and kicks the kicks the ball. He, he's wait. got a huge hoof on him, this uh, donkey. Just in case you're wondering, wondering uh, Escape to Victory, or Victory as it's been rebranded weirdly, the Rotten Tomatoes official review is 63%, but the audience score, 71. Yeah, it's an enjoyable watch. It is. It is. Yeah. It used to be on every Christmas, I think, at, okay. uh, in Britain, and yeah. uh, you, everyone's seen it. Yeah, especially my age. Down with the Nazis. Matt Brunson from Film Frenzy. His review was intermittently entertaining, if also exceedingly imbecilic. <laughs> But yeah, it's pretty much what I thought. Yeah. Um, Don't take it too seriously. Houston showing admirable range in his old age creates enough on-field magic and nostalgia for the beautiful game as an ideal of now-extinct sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. There you go. So yeah. it's, uh, it is it is enjoyable. It is a pretty good film. It's, you're not going to be offended by it, really. It's nah. nice enough. Story's there. Stallone's in it. Yeah. In his prime. Yeah. I don't think he's become Rambo yet. Because if, if he was, Ooh. he would have had no problems getting out of that place. He would have... He <laughs> Yeah, Not if he, if he'd learnt how to be Rambo already, forget about it. He'd just one man army. One man army. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a song. He took down half the Russian army on horseback. Of course like, he did. So, um, not to mention all those Mexicans when he was in his 70s. <laughs> That's a, for another time that we've yeah. already done. Hey, this is Toddy Goldsmith, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. Music can only mean one thing. It's time for Sporting Gladiators. Yep. Um, just a quickie. Rob mentioned this uh, next week's review about a mule or ass or donkey that kicks field goals. The film's called Gus. It's from 1976. This is a quick synopsis. The inept California atoms floundering in the cellar of the National Football League welcome the team's newest member, a mule capable of place-kicking a football 100 yards with deadly accuracy. Yeah. We can't wait brilliant, for that one. Brilliant idea for a film. Absolute uh, classic. It, I don't even know. It is Disney. It is a Disney film, but Yeah, way. good tell. Uh, so, quick people, tell. best of five uh, penalty shootout style. We basically ask each other sports trivia questions of varying degrees of difficulty. Yep. I seem to be on a bit of a winning streak at the minute. Well, yep. So, I'm probably always asking too easy questions. You're asking too hard ones. So yeah. That's, that's what it is. kind of the way it goes. Yep. All right, it's best of five. We're going to get straight into it because we've yep. still got loads to get through. All right, question one for you. Golf related, Rob. Mm. What is a four under par score called in golf, i.e. a hole in one on a par five? Oh, oh. so that's not Albert Albatross. That is, I, I don't know, but I'm going for a golden eagle. Oh, I like the way you think. It's officially called a condor. 
Okay. Apparently, it's been achieved five times in the history of golf. In the history of golf. Or so, well, one it has to be a short par five. It has to be a four hundred. Apparently, quite a few of them have been on extreme dog legs, so people have hit across, over trees. Okay. And things because yep. yeah, it's a condor allegedly. That's ridiculous. I don't think I'll ever do that. Um, never, never say never. No. Never. I've never hit a hole in one on par three. I've never hit the hole in one. I hit the pin once at the Celtic Manor. All NFL teams have their logo on both sides of their helmet. However, one team has it on just one side. Which team? Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, I'm not going to ask any more Sh- NFL shouldn't questions. Shouldn't ask NFL. I'm pretty good on the old NFL. Come All righty. Yeah, I'll screw you on the next four. Your special subject. Which baseballer made cameo appearances on Beverly Hills 90210 participating in a father-son golf tournament? So it's mid-90s. Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. He would have been pretty famous in the whenever that show was on. Uh, when was I watching that with Patrick <laughs> a lot? I'm just going to say Mark McGuire. What's the other one? It's Sammy Sosa. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. He was just after those two. Oh, was he? Yeah. I thought he was around the same time. He came on pretty quick after that. God damn it! In which city was the first IPL match ever played in 2017? 2017? Yeah. IPL? Four years ago. I thought it was a lot longer than thought it was a lot older than that. I thought nah. we're coming up to ten years of the IPL. Anyway, um Delhi. Hyderabad. Okay. Go. Okay then. Whose single Olympic Games gold medal record did Michael Phelps break at the two thousand and eight Beijing Olympics? Mark Spitz. It was Mark Spitz, Rob. Yes. Alright, one all. The term gambit is associated with which sport? I'm going to say chess because of the film, the Netflix thing. What? How did? You, what Netflix thing? Isn't there a Netflix t- series called The Queen's Gambit? Yeah, it is. It's about chess. Oh, stupid Netflix! He would never have known. I don't even know if it's Netflix. I haven't even got Netflix, Rob. It is chess. Oh, and let's face it: would I ever watch The Queen's Gambit? Let's come on. What are the chances of getting? All right, you, know, you, you don't know what's on Netflix. You don't even I watch don't, The Last I have Waltz. No idea. The dance, Last Waltz. The Last Dance. <laughs> the Last Dance. That's if it was called The Last Waltz. The Last Waltz is about the band. That's oh, a great is. film yeah, as yeah. well. Okay, it's, this is harsh. Collingwood Mad. Pies legend Des Tuddenham I never heard of him became linked with 365 days of sport in what way what Collingwood Magpies legend Des, Des T- Tuddenham became linked with 365 days of sport in what way oh god I don't know you, 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 it's not really relevant to the thing I don't know he's on one of your SEN shows or something linked to 365 days of sport well I don't what's he why how would it be linked okay we went to the Anzac Day game when he oh. when he was there oh. in the crowd. That's not a bad guess. If I said Bansdale. Oh, he was in the Sheepdog Trials. His brother John was the Sheepdog oh, Trials man. For God's sake. No way in the world. He right? mentioned it on the interview. Do you know what I remember about the Sheepdog Trials? It was a good day to be hungover because <laughs> they didn't have to do bollocks all. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> so John John was there in the Sheepdog Trials and we interviewed him. And John did mention that Des was his brother. I can vaguely remember that now that you mentioned yeah. it. But that certainly wasn't something that I've been lingering on, <laughs> thinking about regularly in the last five years. True. Which French team did Exeter Chiefs beat to win their first European Cup? I'm going to say Montpellier. Racing 9-2. Was it racing? Okay. All right, I must, so I can still tie, can I? You definitely can. 
Come on, Robert. Welshman Leighton Reese was which sport's first world champion? So the sport, the first time in the sport, there's been a world champion. Yeah. Bog snorkeling. <laughs> Leighton would be hilarious at bog snorkeling. He was darts first world oh, champion. Oh, what? 1978. I just figured it'd be something that would, would not really be done anywhere else. I wouldn't ask you about. <laughs> Yeah, you've said many times your national sport, you idiot. It is, yeah, it is our national God sport. God damn it. I lost again. I can't believe you did. Leighton Reese. Well, I, I don't follow the dance. I know, but... I can't remember half the ones we sport till on the day. <laughs> there's know. Phil the Power Taylor. Remember him? He's just a there's, nice... And there's that Van Vort guy, Van Dam. Vincent Van Vort, Van Vort, Vincent Van Vort, Michael Van Gerwen. Yeah. Uh, Phil Taylor, just news for darts fans, just announced he's coming back. He's He's... Quit and retiring. He's oh, I didn't know he again. retired. Yeah, he okay. retired. He's had a couple of years off. Oh, how many Grand Prix did Lewis Hamilton win last year? Ding, ding. Eleven. Eleven. Oh. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Didn't even take time to count back. He just threw it out there. Didn't? You'd already won, hadn't you? Yeah, well, it kind of, it's got to be in the ballpark. I it? am sick of these rubbish questions, Beefy. Yeah, I'm going to go easy next Give week. Give me one. One. <laughs> oh, Rob. Maybe Rob. one of the others I could have guessed. Yeah. Barry Bonds. Well, I knew you were yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Avid. Avid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From 1993. <laughs> I would have uh, well, barely watched one season of that. Talking of baseball, this, yep. is, this is a proper link. Okay. We mentioned earlier the Major League Baseball season officially came into swing, full swing on Thursday, and it, they've got fans back in the baseball. In fact, Texas announced no, not even social distancing. Yeah. They're just going to fill the stadium and okay. hope for the worst. Hope for the worst. Ballparks, in some ballparks across the US, are limiting the number of fans permitted. It is a better sight to see than cardboard cutouts and piped in crowd noise. Sure. As fans are welcomed back, so are the innovative, creative, and filling edibles that will surely make foodies want to come to the ballpark or just stare in awe. From Dodger Stadium to Marlins Park in Miami, ballparks are again introducing unique foods only found at their venues so tonight unique foods here is a top 10 of some of the more unique offerings to be found at the ballparks in the u.s this year's and here's tonight's top 10 oh i got a live one here So at number 10, we're going to Los Angeles, Dodger Stadium, a Michelada sausage, apparently. Now, I didn't know what Michelada was. Right. A Michelada is a Mexican drink made with beer, lime juice, assorted sauces, most often chili, spices, tomato juice, and chili peppers. It's served in a chilled salt room glass. But so they're doing a Michelada sausage. A Michelada spice sausage will be offered for sale at Dodger Stadium this season. If you like eating a hot dog while drinking a Michelada, you'll like this Michelada spice sausage with citrus slaw finished with tagine seasoning and chamois nut crumble. I've probably said all those things wrong. Just just to be clear here, you're doing a top 10 unique foods to be... Baseball stadium this, this year. And this is going to be on the show? This is going to... We're doing the top 10 foods. 
top ten foods. Okay, let's see. That's number ten. Okay, Michelada the, sausage at Dodger Stadium. Right. Okay. Good. Are you all right with that, Rob? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's keep going. Number nine. We're still at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. But one to your heart. They're doing a brisket sandwich, Rob. The brisket sandwich is among the new offerings at Dodger Stadium this year. Brisket lovers are going to want to try this 12-hour smoked brisket on a brioche bun with coleslaw, habanero barbecue sauce, and pickled red onions. I'll just leave the pickled onions out. Will you? Okay. Yeah. Oh, they're all right, actually. Number eight. We're Great, gonna... but I like It's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, brisket yeah. sandwich. Yeah. We're going to go to Phoenix, Rob. Chase yeah. Field. Going to have a... Uh, I'll try and guess what it is first. Tacos. Unbelievable. The Arizona Diamondbacks are looking to add their already impressive ballpark menu that includes 18-inch long hot dog and their famous 1,117-calorie churro dog. And now they're calling all Philly cheesesteak fans. The Poblano cheesesteak contains shaved ribeye, American cheese, fire-roasted Poblano peppers, barbecue aioli, and battered onion straws smacked between hot dog buns. And not only that... Again at Chase Field in Phoenix, number seven is the Ultimate Bacon Pub Burger. Come with an empty stomach for this one. The Ultimate Bacon Pub Burger comes with a chuck patty, pub beer cheese, bacon, battered onions, barbecue sauce, pickles on a potato roll. I've had one of those Philly cheesesteaks, you know, I like before. the Philly cheesesteak. It's Big fan good. of that. Have you seen this website called Tasty? It's, a, it's on Facebook, actually. Is it? And it just shows videos of making stuff. Everything they make, there's just a mountain of cheese and bacon on it. (laughs) It's just like, here's a piece of bread, cover it in a pound of cheese and bacon, and all of a sudden it's It's the best thing ever. It tastes beautiful. Genius. Yeah, Yeah, connoisseur. That's America for you, Rob. America. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to go to Washington Nationals Park. The Grazie Grazie, the 8 plus 1 sandwich, will make its debut at Nationals Park in Washington this season. This sub from Grazie Grazie Sandwich Shop is packed with Genoa salami, hot capicola, prosciutto, sharp provolone, extra virgin olive oil, red vinegar, and house dressing. And then you die. Mm. Right, we're going to go to Eddie Vedder's rivals, the Chicago White Sox. This is uh, number five from Guaranteed Rate Field. I think, think that's who the fan plays for. Oh, okay. Might be wrong. So the sweet and savoury food stand offers five different covered and smothered fries. They include the desert uh, des- <laughs> desert dessert sweet potato fries topped with powdered sugar, chopped pecans, whipped cream drizzled with chocolate sauce and Nutella. Sweet potato nah, fries. No, nah, nah, I'm not having that. Scratching that. So they do Greek fries with giros meat, tomatoes, crumb feta, tzatziki sauce. Nice, like that. Irish fries. Covered with bacon, sour cream, chives, and a nacho cheese. Just the way it should be. Mm -hmm. Cheese and bacon, Rob. Sour cream. Buffalo chicken fries. Shredded chicken, hot buffalo sauce, ranch dressing, and a crumbled bleu cheese. Yep. And then their final offering, dusted French fries, with a choice of Caribbean jerk topping, Delaware Bay. What's Delaware Bay? Garlic and parmesan, or salt and pepper with sriracha ketchup. And then your country becomes a giant tub of lard asses. Not becomes, still is. Maintains. Just absolute porkers everywhere. And they all wear giant, they just wear leggings and big (laughs) t-shirts because they can't fit in anything. Yeah. Just be comfortable, people. Right. Is that fat shaming? It 
possibly is, but we'll move on. But they should be shamed. Let's they, go really. to uh, Marlins Park, Scott Stapp's country. Uh, the Miami Marlins are putting a twist on sushi and ceviche and offering burger lovers something mouth-watering. Mm. The ceviche sushi marries Japanese and Peruvian cuisines into one. You know, if you didn't know about Peruvian and Japanese cuisines in one, now mm. you do. Yep. With um, their Marlins and Miami rolls, including tempura shrimp, cream cheese, avocado, eel sauce, spicy mayo, tuna, salmon, cucumber, chive, and tempura flakes with cilantro sauce. Mmm, tasty. But not to be outdone, we're going to stay in Miami at Marlins Park. People's Choice will make his debut at Marlins Park in Miami this season. Burger lovers will... It's about the people. It's about the people, people. They're going to enjoy this one from Pincho Burger. People's Choice comes with an all-natural beef patty topped with smoke gruyere, fried sweet plantain bits... Bit just bits. Grilled onions, applewood smoked bacon, and guava ketchup between two buttery toasted brioche buns. See the thing about those giant, giant behemoths, you know, like those ones that don't get out of the bear, that just like a blob. Yeah. Why, why didn't they just once they had hit like a hundred and twenty kegs? And, like, they had to start going to the extra big clothes store. Surely that was a time where they said, okay, it's time we, to need, we need to back it off. Yeah. And rather than put it even more and ramp it up, so you get to a point where you, they must have realised, okay, if I keep doing this, I'm not going to be able to move anymore. And then I can't do it. Like, is that not a, a something? I don't know, Rob. It must be something, but uh, these people just don't know what's good for them. They do know. <laughs> They just don't do it. Exactly, yes. There's an element of laziness and comfort. An, an element. <laughs> they're, they're riddled with laziness. <laughs> absolutely saturated in it. Yeah, yeah, very true. Jesus. Yeah. There's a will and a way, Rob. <laughs> just there's no will and there's no way. <laughs> All right, we're going to Seattle T-Mobile Park. The Seattle Mariners are giving fans with a sweet tooth a new option mixed with their famous toasted six-legged critter snack. Salt and Straw's Creepy Crawler Critters Center Plate is giving fans another option to try the ballpark's famous delicacy, which is grasshoppers. Mm. Remember this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Salt and Straw. Waterboy. Uh, uh, really? Yeah, eat-, they eat all their weird shit, you know. The mother just gets like, there's like alligators just hanging out to dry for them to eat for dinner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, salt and straws. some alligator for dinner, boy. <laughs> salt and straws, creepy crawly critters uh, is matcha ice cream with toffee brittle mealworm. And if you guessed it, sprinkled with the famous toasted chocolate covered grasshopper. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're offering. Ice cream with toffee brittle mealworm sprinkled with famous toasted chocolate covered grasshopper. That's what they're serving at Seattle Rob. But then but the grasshopper just becomes like a crunchy thing. Yeah, I think so. And it's chocolate covered Rob. Anything's tasty with chocolate. Yeah. Well, cheese and bacon yeah. on top of the chocolate covered grasshopper, clearly. Right, number Strange. one on the top ten weird stuff you're gonna get at baseball stadiums this yep. year. We're gonna Philadelphia Citizens Bank Park. Burgers have been put between a lot of things. Buns, bread, bagels, English muffins, tortilla. But decadence takes on a whole new meaning with the donut burger. It's a little bit savoury, a little bit sweet, and a little bit spicy with the jam. The Philadelphia Phillies are offering a burger that lives between two halves of a glazed donut with cherry pepper jam, American cheese and bacon, Rob! Mm. American cheese and bacon! Let's pass on sharing this with your doctor that you actually ate this, shall we? Well... The donut burger, Rob. It's got a donut. It's got a burger. Mm. It's got cheese and bacon. And a bit of spicy jam. Mm. Just the donut itself is like 400 calories. Yeah. Krispy Kreme as well being glazed probably. And that's bloody harsh on the heart. If you... 
Yeah, that would you would feel your heart speeding up if you ate that on the spot. Yeah, you probably would. And then you the go street. to the monster trucks and go, yeah, <laughs> look at it. Whoa, look how high he went. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is news to your ears, Rob. That needs a wine pairing menu, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the top ten next week. Thanks, mate. Um, mullets have been banned in a top per school. What? Mullets. Oh. Well, no, I'm all for that. If it's, the, if it's the hipsters, is it because every hipster's got one? Possibly. An elite private school in Western Australia has launched a remarkable crackdown on mullets. <laughs> Trinity College in Perth uh, has outlined its ban on the vintage vintage hairstyle in its latest newsletter. It is without reservation that the college sets clear requirements that ensure health and safety, as well as setting a high standard for personal presentation. The current trend of growing the hair at the back of the head and or closely cropping the size of the head to accentuate the mullet are untidy, non-conventional, and not acceptable at Trinity College. I like it. This is a great note. It says, as in the trend of long hair... Banned. <laughs> Isn't that the ultimate yeah. fashion insult? Your choice of hair option is, is so distasteful, we've banned it. As is the trend of long hair and fringes, the college expectations on hairstyles can be found on page 18 of the student diary. Okay. So they've actually laid it out. Students offensive haircut. Offensive, clearly offensive. Students have been placed on notice to clean up their act or face serious repercussions. Boys who don't meet the grooming requirement will be told, as will their parents, that they need to get a haircut. If it still isn't cleaned up, further sanctions will be imposed. Should a student's hair be deemed an extreme variation from college standards, parents will be asked to collect their son and attend to the issue immediately. Footy players might, like the Bulldogs' Bailey Smith, have helped bring the mullet back into fashion. It's not the first time a Western Australian mullet controversy has been has made waves in the national media. Back in 2020, a Perth teenager was refused entry at a pub because of his mullet, and he later claimed he had been the victim of discrimination. Look, I'm going to tell you this right now, and this is the truth. There is no woman. Tell us the that, truth, Rob. There is no woman out there that sees that haircut and is actually turned on. There's some element of Novelty. But it's in some way contrived in an attempt to be perceived in some way. Either you're just an idiot taking the piss. See, see, when I got a mullet when I was, it was a piss take because we all knew this is a horrendous look. And I was, and I'd had Kentucky Gold mixed with milk and sugar and quite a lot of it. And that was sort of the main reason that that happened. But today, yeah, it's kind of fashionable, but even they are just doing it to, they think they're standing out, but they're actually just kind of this, they're sheep of just a slightly different flock. (laughs) <laughs> right Different coloured flock That's all But they're still sheep They're still sheep The incident even had Premier Mark McGowan It doesn't make you an individual To have a mullet You just You're, you're, yes. you're a twat We are all individuals Rob uh, The incident had Premier Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan Weighing into the debate I think you should be free To have a mullet And go to a pub mate I don't think there should be Rules around that McGowan said Mm-hmm uh, this also comes after a month after an elite Sydney school, Waverley College, was also criticised for a similar crackdown. However, Mullet Fest, which is an annual event celebrating the uh, attractive hairstyle mm. that's not in the report, uh, founder Laura Johnson was not impressed. A mullet is a practical haircut. It provides sun protection at the back and the mullet won't get in their eyes when they're out surfing. Very poor argument. Very poor argument. Very it's the standard. Very clearly of, flawed. Um, Aesthetically, it looks disgusting. That's what needs to be. Yeah. Well. Well yeah. said, Rob. Never had one. You myself. just look like a ratty I'm actually bogan. Kind of getting one at the minute, which is a bit weird. I 
Got to have a haircut. Yeah. Um, did you see the Geelong and Hawthorne AFL game on the weekend? Uh, I did, actually. Oh, I saw the first half and then I listened to the second two quarters on the way home and it was pretty annoying. Apparently the star of the show was a pigeon. Oh, I didn't see that. Apparently there was a pigeon right by the centre circle at the first bounce and he just stood there, wouldn't move. Oh. That was the highlights of the game because AFL is awesome. We lost by five points or something. Brisbane kicked a goal after the siren to beat Collingwood, yeah. apparently. Okay. I've still not seen any AFL this year, which is great. Oh. Why are you so proud of yourself? Oh, I, can't, I just can't stand it. Uh, I don't even actually want to hear you whinge about it. Good. I won't because I'm not even going to whinge about it because I'm not even going to see it. Well, then don't talk about it. Exactly. Unbelievable. Strange, man. There's other the, things other things occupying me, Rob. World's biggest sporting fan. Um, what's coming up, Rob? Anything exciting apart from golf? And the Masters that nah, you won't no, be able to watch. I'm, I'm actually excited now. Walking, that, uh, no, I've got another goal. I've got to get down to two handicaps. Oh, t- oh, getting it done 2021. Get, get, so not, not only gonna we, we going to break yeah, I, 80. I'm not sure this year is realistic. Oh, I'll start. I'll make a go. We've already taken 10 shots off, off your Well, to be, I mean, from Christmas time, I've taken 25 off. Well, there you go. Yeah. So let's not beat around the bush here, Rob. That exponential increased curve in standard. Hey, I missed I missed the four-footer on the 18th for a 74. Mm. I two-putted the easiest. You, we really I, need to get I, you in a t- Is there a tournament? I double bogeyed the, one of the easiest holes in the course. Is there a tournament coming up at Yarra Bend anytime soon that we can enter? Don't know, I'll inquire. Yes, definitely do. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Like yeah, that. get get some com- competition going. Competitive yeah. sports. Uh, we got to think. We got to think. Yeah, we have got to think, Rob. Yeah. We just got to keep thinking. We got to thank those good people at Jack Link's Beef Jerky. We got to thank them. Got to thank them. They just keep coming through. With they keep producing more beef jerky. They do. Yeah, weirdly yeah. enough, they just keep as as a business more and more. The, the the product they intend to supply. They they keep supplying. They just keep supplying. Yeah. And if they keep supplying it, it means people are buying it. People are buying it. It's replenishment, Rob. It's the first thing you learn in economics. It is. Yeah. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. If you can't meet uh, demand, then you haven't got enough supply. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Elasticity and all that rubbish. Elasticity and um, opportunity cost. Opportunity cost. That's a great. I like that. That's. I think I stopped listening. That's the first. That that is the basically the first thing you learn in economics. I know. Opportunity cost yeah. and elasticity of supply. Yep. Mm, very good. We've got to thank our good friends at NASA for buying Jack Link's beef jerky on a regular basis. We'll just say, I mean, NASA, I think you can feel the love from us here oh. of, 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 of how highly we regard Goes NASA. And I know that it makes you feel better as an organization that you have our approval. I'm sure. Because yeah, they haven't achieved enough, really. No. What have they achieved? So that they need more, more encouragement. Definitely. And then I feel... If they needed to get their astronauts to the uh, peak, to an optimum, what sort of fuel do you think they'd turn to? I think they might turn to a snack. A meat-flavoured snack? A meat-flavoured snack. Such as what? to be 100% New Zealand beef grass-fed. Who might that benefit? The food of astronaut job! It is the food of astronauts. For a good reason. NASA endorsed. Brilliant. Jack Link's beef jerky. Great spot. Love those NASA. I'm playing foot golf tomorrow, Rob. Again. Seeing as I'm the Victorian, Victorian golf yeah. champion, I'm going to go out and have another Northcote game. Northcote again? No, we're going to go to Ainsbury. Okay. Try out a new course. Yep. And uh, see what's going on over there. You're just if, like, you guys got a circuit going now, don't you? That's that's the goal, man. We're yeah. going to get the Victorian pro circuit happening. I heard the Sudanese are pretty sharp. At the, weren't they at your thing on Monday? Oh, they, they were actually Zimbabweans. Zimbabweans. Yes, right. not the Sudanese. Yeah, yeah, the Zimbabweans. They came third. Okay. Big brownie, big boots on them. Oh. Tall boys. In fact, you know what? The, I played with those guys in the first round. Yeah. They were actually taking their shoes off to kick barefoot. 
<laughs> they actually took oh, their shoes no off. No way I'd have a chance. Yeah, to do and that. they were kicking it 70, 60, 70 meters easy. Jeez. Okay. Just remember, we use really crappy balls and no football boots. So yeah. you're not getting to really give it a good crack. So, so you're needing funding, is that what you're saying? Oh, no, we're just trying to level the field. Okay. Bring them back to my level, Rob. That's how we do it. <laughs> oh, That's how we do it. So big thanks to uh, DJ Bravo as well for um, opening the show up. Opening the show up because we haven't had champion uh, and Dan Ricardo. Looked... We, we we have actual real life famous people introduce our show yeah. as a poster. The other thing, DJ Bravo champion song. Yeah, hundred nine million views. Ah, oh, it's a great tune. On on yeah, on I'm YouTube. surprised it hasn't got to the billion. <laughs> Well, the Indians—they're all over it. Oh, they do. They love it. Yeah. In fact, cricket's be... the second highest watched sport in the world. It is. You wait till the Chinese start playing it. Yeah. It's going to be massive then. Anyway, well, maybe is... they'll become part of the Commonwealth. Mm, perhaps Britain will join them. Oh, the commies. No way. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. This has been episode 195 of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. 365 days of sport. See you next week.